Our reading this evening is 1 John chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son, Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. But he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets, But now, in these last days, he has spoken to us by the Son. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you were used to walking in the dark, if you had learned to walk in the dark, it would take some time to grow accustomed to walking in the light. So the kinds of things you do when you're walking in the dark would look strange and bizarre if you then started walking in the light. So think about it. You're walking around in your house and the lights are off. You exercise all kinds of caution. You walk with your hands out like this, feeling for walls and doors, making sure that you're not going to run into something. You step lightly, making sure that you're not about to put your foot on something painful or send it down the stairs. You feel around 
with your hands and with your feet. You feel around and you walk fearfully, afraid. You look like you're unsure. If all of a sudden the lights were to come on, they would, whoever was watching would see you in some sort of a bizarre pose and afraid, anxious about what you're going to run into and whether or not you are going the right direction. And so when the lights come on, it takes some adjustment. Suppose that that wasn't just for a moment, but your whole life long, you had been walking in the dark, feeling around, trying to make sure you don't run into things, afraid. If all of a sudden the lights come on, it takes some time to learn how to walk in the light. I was remembering a friend of mine who had fought in Iraq, was responsible for driving a Humvee in Iraq, and he explained what it was like coming home after having driven a Humvee on the roads in Iraq where you're always watching out, looking at potholes, looking at things, discolored things on the road, concerned about when the next IED is going to explode in front of you. And when you come home and you're suddenly driving on Interstate 94, everything's a little bit different, but it's hard to shake those nerves. You feel like the next pothole you hit might explode in front of you. I think it's exactly like that, to make the transition from walking in the dark to walking in the light, or from being a child of the devil to being a child of God, to being out of love, to be out of love and at enmity with God and unwilling to follow his commandments, to go from that to then being a child of God, having all of the treasures of heaven and loving the way God loves and knowing his commandments and what is good, it is like night and day. It's like the lights have come on and you must learn to walk again. So today, St. John gives us some instructions for walking in the light. Now he's told us before that the light does not involve hating your brother. That's something that happens in the dark. Hatred of your brother is what you do in the dark. And that makes sense. Think about the fearfulness that abounds in the dark. You're unsure, and so you're afraid. And fear gives birth to hatred. Go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. You can say, see this played out in the relationship between Adam and Eve. They started in perfect love for one another, perfect love towards God. But as soon as they ate the fruit of the tree, they became afraid of God and of one another. Afraid of God, so they hid from him, and afraid of one another, so that they then ended up blaming Adam, blaming Eve, for what she had done, hatred of the one that they had formerly loved. And it stems from fear. Fear of what someone's going to do to you, fear of what your brother thinks about you, fear of what might happen if you open yourself in love. Fear is what gives birth to hatred. But that's what happens in the dark. It's not what happens in the light. Fear comes from punishment, from the concern of punishment. But here's what we have in Christ Jesus. We have freedom from all punishment, freedom from God's wrath, freedom from our sins. There is nothing to fear anymore. And so, in the light, there's no need to be afraid. And so, there's no need to hate. No one can hurt you. No one can hurt you, and so you do not have to hold anyone at arm's length. There's no one who can hurt you, and so instead you can love the way that God loves you. You can have confidence instead of fear. That's what characterizes life in the light. That makes sense, doesn't it? When you're walking in the darkness, you have no confidence at all. Each step is beset by anxiety, but in the light, you can be confident. You can see what's lying in front of you. You can see, and so you can step carefully and confidently knowing that you're not going to get hurt, that nothing is going to go wrong. So here's the whole picture that St. John gives us of our life in the light. He says it centers around love. But he ties a bunch of things together that may seem like they aren't necessarily connected. He says that walking in the light, living as a child of God, 
knowing God means loving him. But God is also the one who has children. He begets children. And so loving God also means loving his children. And loving God and loving his children also means keeping his commandments. Now, this is a little bit perplexing because when we hear about keeping God's commandments, I think our first instinct is always to think of them as so many rules, regulations. So you might be walking in the light, but you have to step on all of the squares and you can't step on the lines. Rules and regulations to follow. Those are how we tend to think about God's commandments. But that's not what his commandments are about. You know what his commandments are about. They're instructions for loving your neighbor. That's what they are. And so when you set out to love your neighbor, what will you do? But you will keep the commandments. So the one who loves his neighbor is the one who keeps the commandments. And the same goes for our love of God. The one who loves God keeps the commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not misuse my name. Remember the Sabbath day. That's how you love God. There are all kinds of ways we like to imagine that love looks. The world is full of all kinds of strange ideas about love, but God makes it very simple for us. He says, here's the list of how you love me and how you love your neighbors. And so, keep the commandments. And that's how you tell the difference, St. John says. That's how you tell the difference between whether or not you are walking in the light or walking in the darkness. If you'd rather not keep the commandments, if you don't care about them, if you don't think they're important, if you don't think they matter, then you're not walking in the light because this is how you love. This is how you act the way God acts. Now that you're in the light, you can see what is good. God has taught you. And St. John has reminded you, this is what is good. This is what it means to be a child of God. This is what it means to believe that Jesus is the Christ. For after all, what has Jesus come to do but to fulfill the commandments, to love the way we ought to love, to love perfectly, and then to suffer and die for you and for me, so that by believing in him, we could have victory over the world. That's why we sang, stand up for, stand up for Jesus tonight, because we have victory over the world. The church is militant. The church is fighting. The church fights by faith. You fight by faith in this world, and you have already won the victory. We've overcome the world. We've overcome the world by trusting in the Savior who sets us free from sin and teaches us how to love. He teaches us through the testimony that he gives to us, the testimony of his spirit and the water and the blood. If you think back to the people of Israel, you can see all of these elements played out in their history. So the people of Israel slaughtered a lamb at the Passover and they painted the blood on the doorposts of their houses in order to be spared from the angel of death. And they came to the Red Sea and the water was parted, water miraculously parted as Moses lifted up his staff, and the Spirit was with them as they went into the wilderness, driving them into the wilderness so they could worship their God, so they could follow him. But it wasn't the fulfillment of what God intended for his people. And so God has come to you in the same way, but better, with blood that is the blood not of a lamb, but the blood of Jesus, with water that isn't water that will drown the host of Pharaoh, but water that drowns all of your sins, and with a Spirit, a Spirit that comes into your heart's And so gives you the testimony that you can cry, Abba, Father, that you can call on God as your heavenly Father so that you can trust in him. That is what faith looks like. Receiving all of these gifts from God, receiving a new heart, receiving the washing of new birth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, receiving the gift of faith so that you can overcome the world, receiving love that comes from God so you can love as he loves, so you can be set free from hatred of your brothers, so you can be set free from fear. Receiving all of that from God is what we are about. And he intends to give it to you. It's so good. 
what he intends to give to us, that words can hardly express it. And I think that is the reason why St. John talks in circles, why he sort of goes around and around and around about these matters. He says one thing, then he says another, and he connects it back, and he loops back again and again and again. Why? Because how can you possibly express? How can you possibly put straight how grand, how marvelous God's love is for us? You've been made children of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has for us, that we should be children of God. And this is the truth. The world is full of all kinds of lies and deceit, but this is the truth. And this is how you can keep this final word of St. John. He says, children, little children, keep yourselves from idols. It feels like an abrupt ending. It feels like maybe he should say farewell or give them a, a greeting or say goodbye or extend them some, some, uh, some greetings from his friends like Paul does. But instead, he just says this, little children, keep yourself from idols. That is to say, don't trust what anyone else says to you but your heavenly father. Don't love the way anybody else teaches you to love but by your heavenly father. Don't believe that you are the child of anyone but the child of your loving heavenly father. Put your trust in him. Walk in the light. You know how good the light is. You know how wholesome and how holy the light is. You've seen it. In Jesus on the cross for you, you've seen it. And now you've been equipped to live it. Rejoice. And you have such a heavenly Father who's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.